Hi, I would like to offer thanks to Christopher Shu, on to Jeremy Wyatt, John Olson, and Lasse Christensen. All five of these people have gone to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and supported this show and our entire network of content. I hate that word, our, our entire network of talking about stuff. You can do that too, and you get a lot in return. Uh, and, you know, just it also helps us and hopefully makes you feel good. Yeah, uh, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. I've gone off the rails. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs in this Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Deus Ex Human Revolution, which is an immersive sim developed by Eidos Montreal and published by Square Enix for Last Gen Systems in 2011. Yeah, and this is our premium episode. Oh boy. It's Welcome gonna, to the premium episode. <laughs> um, this is going to be a spicy one in terms of like sheer uh, value hours or hour value. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to get a lot after the jump on this one. The, the, maybe the longest episode we've done, which I had a creeping feeling of dread while playing it. I was like, oh, yeah, this should have been two. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. this, should have, this should have been two episodes. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is long. Um, so there, there's a lot here. Uh, if you are, you know, if you're just one of our patrons, you're hearing this. Thank you very much. If mm-hmm. you're hearing this on the public feed, mm-hmm. um, this will, uh, we're going to go up through generalities and then all the body will be for patrons. If you go to patreon.com slash TV, five bucks a month gets you all those episodes. There's mm-hmm. one of them a month. Yeah. Um, um, and they are good. And this one I think will be good as well. So uh, join us. We appreciate it. Think so. Yeah. Um, so this game, uh, it's kind of a reboot and prequel to the original Deus Ex. Uh, it takes place in 2027, about 25 years before the events of that game. So where Deus Ex concerned itself with nano augmentations, um, nano machines and such. This uh, it's, it's the mechanical augmentations that you saw on Gunter and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except they look a thousand times better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the, the weird prequel sequel nature of this is very strange. It is. Yeah. And I kind of wish they had given up on it on the sequel. Yeah. Because there's no reason for everything to look so much better. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, I know it's before the collapse and before the, the great death and all that stuff. Yeah. The uh, the the, re- the reason they gave and I'm not sure that I believe it is that in the original Deus Ex are going around um, mostly all of the uh, like rundown poor places. And you go yeah. through poor places here, too. Yeah, and then you also spend some time in, like, Paris. Yes. You know, in, in days like, like, it's not all rundown poor mm-hmm. places, you know. Um, so, but, you know, you kind of have to, like, there's a couple of places where you have to squint your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, with that. Um, and we play, uh, we don't play as JC, we play as Adam Jensen, mm-hmm. uh, who is the chief of security at an augmentation company who is nearly killed in an attack on that company. Uh, yes. Ends up having to be augmented and is then sent out to unravel this conspiracy and mystery of what happened to girlfriend. He gets robot. Werewife. <laughs> Werewife. Wife, uh, <laughs> has and somebody done wife, wife harm. harm? 
Yes. Yeah, wife arm is the main thing you're avoiding. <laughs> um, Adam Jensen, to me, it took me a long time to warm up to him. He's no mm -hmm. JC. Right. Uh, I think that this guy is kind of funny, though. He I, is pretty funny. I am kind of into Adam now. He's such a <laughs> fucking dork. Uh, and the actor who does him, this is just his voice. He's not doing a voice. That's really funny. When they do interviews, he sounds exactly like this. It's just a guy. <laughs> he's he, just, he, he's uh, rolling around. He's got some kind of like Steven Seagal energy in terms of how whispery his voice is. Yeah. He's yeah. yeah. just a real, real uh, ASMR uh, goon. <laughs> uh, just, uh, and just uh, his, he's so serious. Yes. Boss. You know, just the voice, boss. Yeah, um, I, I, I didn't really. It didn't take any time for me to warm up uh, to, to to Jensen. Um, he's he's so funny. Yes, like he said, the cast in this game I think is very funny. It's not like Deus Ex funny. Mm -hmm. We're not JC. Like JC is like you know god tier he's the god <laughs> particle of video game characters like there's not there's not a higher video game character but this is this is still very funny to me mm -hmm. like yeah. i end up finding it charming even though he is kind of just like a, a gross tough guy yes in a lot of ways yep um but yeah you play as him uh he gets robo cops uh and mm -hmm. you go out on this grand world spanning adventure um and the play is you know pretty similar to the first game we're doing a lot of the you know, a lot of the same things you have first person exploration you've got shooting stealth conversation hacking um mm -hmm. yeah all of which are better developed yes than the original mm -hmm. like the uh, the way this this still so the the kind of goal of this that you can see is that they set out to make a game that respects the same kind of freedom of approach mm -hmm. but actually develop each of those systems a little bit stronger yeah um the compromise is that like levels are smaller mm -hmm. in this it's somewhere between like deus ex day one and deus ex two um it is not you don't have quite the level of freedom of approach mm -hmm. to it but what you get when you trade for that is every individual element of this game i think would work pretty well on its own yes um, like the shooting in this game is really good. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this is a really good, you know, FPS third person shooter hybrid. Yeah. You have uh, to spec properly to not die in three hits, but it's there yeah. if you want to pursue it. Yeah. And if you play it as a, a kind of hybrid with the shooting with the stealth, uh, the stealth is also pretty good, mm -hmm. uh, during this, um, you know, you, uh, you're pretty fragile in this, so you do want to hide, mm -hmm. um, but you're able to. And you have this uh, kind of cover system. Um, the camera pulls out to third person when you take cover, which it, like is really elegant. Love that. And seamless. Yeah, it just looks good and just works perfectly well. Mm -hmm. um, the, the stealth itself has like a set of systems, you know, so cooldowns and security systems, cameras, things like that. Mm -hmm. Computers you can hack. There's a robust kind of stealth area around this. And the game plays best, I think, when you're doing a hybrid of stealth and uh combat uh and it just works really well yes uh, in that it is very fun to uh post up undercover you know uh headshots and fools and then as people come <laughs> to go check out their friends uh put them to sleep with a trank rifle yep make uh, a big puddle puddle except sometimes you end up uh doing what i called the trank juggle um, oh, yeah. where, you, where you don't shoot somebody before they rouse the other person to wake up so you are keeping plates spinning because the because the last person always just wakes up the, the previous person yeah as long as the big one's watching the little one. Because as long as they stay one, one piano lesson ahead yeah. of this guard. That's why you throw a, a gas grenade at the whole pile. Well, yeah. yeah. And just like everybody just go to fucking sleep. Yeah. The, uh, Jensen needs you to go to bed. Yeah. I don't know. So I, I, I never got like the, the, the non-lethal gas grenade. And we could probably talk about this while we're talking about the different approaches and stuff. Um, I think people get way too wrapped around the axle about the pacifist run in games mm -hmm. in general. I agree. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, um, I, it is. It's a weird thing to me. It is like I think that it's uh, ideally a challenge mode. Yes, that is like something that you should do for additional challenge, and it's neat that it's available. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people bounce off a lot of games by thinking that's the only like it's a fail condition to not engage with that. Yeah, but to me, that's like starting Guitar Hero on Grandmaster or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is it is a harder mode. And in this game, it's certainly like Dishonored. That's a big thing. You know, yes. I've, I've yeah. said my rant about that a million times mm-hmm. um, in this game as well. It's much harder to go mm-hmm. entirely non-lethal mm-hmm. um, in this. You get more experience. That's yeah. kind of the trade off. Yeah. Um, but um, I like that system. Ammo is rare. Yeah. I like uh, that system quite a bit, actually, where you uh, the, the experience that you get is kind of broken out into these intra level or sorry, intermission um, uh, kind of achievements. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the way that I end up like typically playing these games is I use the the shade of having lethal and non-lethal mm-hmm. as a uh, an opportunity for role play. Yeah. So like to me, if I'm Jensen, you know, Jensen uh, and I'm Jensen, <laughs> I get to uh, decide whether this person has to go or not. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's a role playing game. I'm playing. A, I'm playing pretend mm-hmm. and it's fun. And pretend to be like, no, these people are just doing their jobs. Yeah. Like it would be wrong to kill these people. These people got to go. Mm-hmm. They're wrapped up in the conspiracy that is doing this whole thing and they're going to cause a lot of harm. Yeah. Um, and making those decisions is part of like playing a video game to me. Agreed. You know, yeah. I just yeah. I, I, I bring that up here at the start just because I remember that being a huge complaint about this game um was that it did kind of obfuscate the pacifist or there was bugginess uh, around tracking the pacifist kind of thing um it yeah, just seems, yeah. again seems like a weird thing to get wrapped around the axle for well and we should also mention too the other big part of the discourse around that was the um the, the original version of this versus the yeah versus the uh collector's edition or what mm-hmm. have you the ultimate edition because the bosses did not allow a pacifist uh, approach before and now they do but the pacifist so was, approach still ends up with them dead as fuck yeah yeah they die but they die at the cutscene <laughs> right <laughs> um, so you don't have to do it right um but the uh you can you can fight them if you've more in kind of in general as opposed to a moral stance mm-hmm. in a in a mechanical stance if you've been specking your inventory for non-lethal mm-hmm. you can still fight the bosses yes uh yeah. which previously was not the case right previously um, it pulled and, an end of vampire the masquerade bolt lines where it didn't totally. respect your non-combat build Yep, and it was it was silly, and yep. it needed to be fixed, and I'm really glad I got fixed. Yes. Um, yeah, in general, I, I totally agree with you. Like, it is fun. I have done uh, – so this is my third time playing this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, second time I did it, non-lethal, because it was challenge mode, yeah. and I was ready for, for the challenge. And it's fun. Like, you, it is a different type of playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is, it is very different. Um, but just kind of it being the only way to play, I think, is weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to I, just, me. I just wanted to raise that now while, while we are talking about the combat and the stealth. Um, and just while we are kind of evaluating the overall level to which this is polished and focused, you know, just overall, yeah. there is way less jank to this than there is in the first Deus Ex. I am, Deus Ex absolutely. Yeah, I, I am. Yeah. I am in favor of the jank in Deus Ex. I find it charming. But like this feels this feels like a modern uh, smoothed over smoothed over and like, concentrated experience. Yeah. Yeah, incredibly polished game. Yeah. Um, the uh, the other thing that kind of gets uh, kind of revamped in this is the conversation system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Deus Ex, that was a big part, kind of dialogue trees. And depending on what you've done, you could sometimes talk your way out of situations. Mm-hmm. Um, here, they gamify that a lot more. I think that this is probably um, my favorite system for conversations. Uh, like conversation boss fights. Oh, absolutely. Games, basically, um, which is it doesn't happen very often mm-hmm. as a thing. But as opposed to doing it in stealth checks, um, you have augmentations that allow you to kind of psychologically profile mm-hmm. 
your enemies uh, and then apply pheromones to them which where do they come from i mean where where are they where is the port on, on adam jensen that is just like you know uh spraying this mist uh you know into darrow's face but the um the way the idea of having to um you know do appeal to somebody based on what would appeal to them mm-hmm. as opposed to just like this person is good, he like good. Yeah, yeah. you know this person bad, he like bad. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not Bioware. No, um, it, you know it's 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 a little bit more complicated than that. Like when mm-hmm. you, especially if you have this pheromone thing, you'll talk to somebody, you'll be like, hey, this person has, is a control freak, and they, uh, you know, they need their ego appeased too. Yes. So you can say something that maybe they wouldn't like if you say it to them in a nice way. Mm-hmm. They still it still gives you points towards like winning that encounter. Yes. Um, I think it's great. I think it. it Really, really good. Yeah, it gets down to be really de- or getting really detailed, um, even without the uh, the, the the pheromones. Um, something that is really good that they do is instead of just having the little uh, truncated prompts, like the little stub, you know, like confront, mm-hmm. push, etc. Newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, you can highlight it, and it will, it will actually like give you a little bit more context about what it is. So it's not exactly what Jensen is going to say. Um, however, it just it, it it tells you like what tack they're going to you're, you're you're going to take. I don't know why you would play this and not put the points into the KC mod into the mm-hmm. conversation yeah. mode. Yeah. Well, and if you're playing the the game of the year edition, you will end up with almost every mod yes. so it's like it's not like they're super rare they start out rare but mm-hmm. um and again it's just like even that touch like just telling you what you'll say when you hover over the thing mm-hmm. over, the, over the dialogue choice is really huge and games still get this wrong consistently yes um and it's amazing like mm-hmm. it was, i was referencing fallout 4 earlier fallout 4 is obviously the the worst example of this where like sarcastic Yes. What does that mean? I don't you know. know. Like, what, what, what am I doing? In, am I saying yes? Am I saying no? Am I making fun of the person? Am mm-hmm. I, you know, what does sarcastic mean as just a fourth <laughs> choice on the menu? It's so dumb, you yeah. know, and here at the very least, like as much as like, we'll talk about the story of this, which I think is such, it's like a much smaller scope than Deus Ex is. And I think a little bit to its detriment. Um, the, uh, but well, even then the dialogue itself at the very least tends to feel pretty logical. Like when you have three options to kind of persuade somebody of something, all three of them are pretty good arguments. Mm -hmm. Typically like are they, they make sense. They follow that you would say it and that somebody could potentially be convinced by it. Even if this individual person is not. Yes. Um, Something that I think is really important for this too, is that there are stakes, you know, like you can fuck this up and they will decide I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Um, And then you have to find another way to proceed. Uh, Or or they'll go into combat or they will kill themselves. Yes. Uh, You know, they will. There are big things about this. It's kind of like hostage negotiation. Yeah. And that's uh, especially true in the in the boss fights. The fact that they codify and present those conversations differently, like as Mm -hmm. boss fights where, you know, you you never you don't break first person. But like as JC, as Jensen is we're going to do that a lot. Yes, we are. Sorry. As Jensen is talking, like, you will see, like, you move in or, like, you change position around the person, you know, so you are still in Jensen's, you know, point of view, but it becomes more cinematic, more more tense. Uh, mm-hmm. You have, like, you know, I, I don't know if this is part of the Casey mod or not, but, like, the persuasion level uh, as well, like, showing, like, how basically what their conversational health is yeah, is really yeah. cool, that- too. Yeah, that's the KC mod. Yes, like showing you yeah. how well you've done that, and the, them on their kind of three axes, like um, yeah. whether alpha, beta, or omega, mm-hmm. whether they're, they're those type of people. Um, in a weird way, this reminded me of fulfilling the promise of what the Oblivion 
uh kind of conversation oh to do. yeah the, what the fuck was that man well that's, that's horrible it's, it's, it's one of the biggest disasters in that game that is i like that is mostly disasters of systems <laughs> yep. um but like this still has that same kind of thing like this person would respond well to yeah. uh being joked with like this person would it mm-hmm. feels like the good version of that yeah to me um and and not just like you know a better version of a bad thing but actually a really good thing in and of itself yes um the other thing i like and i feel like this is somewhat controversial um is hacking mm-hmm. uh, which instead of being like a meter that fills up is now a mini game um that you'll be doing a lot so just fair to, when people don't like this they don't like how often you do it mm-hmm. fair enough yes um i think that if you can take some joy in the hacking mini game though um this is a really good like it's maybe not to bioshock 2 which is my favorite like mix of engagement and lack of friction yeah for a hacking thing but i think this hacking game is fun and cool on its own um it is really cyberpunk mm-hmm. like it feels like a spiritual successor to the uh genesis or super nintendo Shadowrun games in, re- in reading about this they they looked at um Shadowrun. i don't know about like genesis or snes but they looked at like Shadowrun's hacking system generally yeah to pull it out yeah you and you can tell yeah so you, you're basically you're capturing nodes um to uh to eventually shut 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 down the system and gain mm-hmm. control over it um and you have a percentage when you're capturing these nodes depending on your stats of getting caught mm-hmm. once you're caught it sets up a timer mm-hmm. um and then on your way you have these all sub goals of getting these data stores in order to get money and items and experience um on your way to actually shutting down the uh, the thing it ends up being a huge uh, source of xp mm-hmm. in the game and uh really really will open the game up for you yes um, something that is nice about this is if you are not necessarily spec'd for hacking, uh, and there is mandatory hacking that is there, you, there will almost always be a power-up, uh, different little worm cartridges that you can use to either freeze the timer or just instantly take over a node, um, mm-hmm. you know, next to these things. Like, they account for you barely engaging with the system. Totally. Um, in, yeah. in a way that is a little bit ham-handed in that, like, very high security things that are not necessary will be security <laughs> yeah. one. Right. Uh, which is how you can start. Like, that's a little silly. A little bit. Uh, at the same time, though, like, you know, what is the alternative? Yes. Like, I am fine with them papering over that mm-hmm. uh, and ruining my immersion a little bit just so I can, if I somehow play this game as a non-hacker, which I yeah. cannot imagine, um, not getting, you know, actually stuck. Yeah. Um, the, 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 this is going to sound really weird because it is just clicking on nodes. Uh, but both of us played this on PC. So if there are interface concerns uh, when using a controller, um, I don't necessarily know about them. But even when you're just clicking on nodes, it, realizing that while you're capturing one point, you can capture other ones mm-hmm. as well. Um, yep. And trying to keep as much of that going um, so I can go down multiple paths at once and check in my cooldowns and stuff like that. I actually felt pretty badass doing that. It's, <laughs> because it's a really a engaging little game. Yeah. Well, it's also it's tuned really well. Yes. So like the time limits you have tend to be like early, like eventually tacking becomes fairly trivial. Um, especially once you have a big, huge stash of like e-worms and e-viruses. Yes. Um, to, to stick in there. But the... Uh, Early on, there are so many times where, like, I would beat a, a hacking challenge with less than a second yep. left, and it's 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 so cool. Yep. Like, it just feels so awesome, especially if it's in, like, you know, the real world doesn't go on. When you hack, things change yep. uh, in this game. Um, I'm pretty sure. So uh, you, you can be shot while you're hacking. Oh, you, you can be shot. You're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the uh, – so the – you know, it's, but it's very rare that you're doing it in combat, right? Uh, right. Because you'll you'll get shot. But there are points where it's like 
really intense little emergent situations, you duck into an office, um, <laughs> you need to turn off a, a, a camera or mm -hmm. you need to turn off a turret so you can get past something where there's a patrol coming yeah. and you, you hack it with like seconds to spare and then like dash out the door. <laughs> you know, it, it creates a lot of really, really fun close calls. Yes. Um, and then the consequences for failing a hack are not high. You get many attempts mm -hmm. uh, to do it. You can, if, if you're having a real hard time with something, you can save scum. Like you can save and try again. Right. Um, you can always also just kind of log out before you get caught. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and there's no, no consequence for that. Right. Um, unlike Twitter. <laughs> where, <laughs> like, uh, and the, uh, so it just, it's, it's, it's really neat. Yeah. I, I, I'm really pretty enamored with that system. Yeah. I would play a standalone game. That was this. Totally. Like if it, if it was really developed, mm -hmm. you know, like you take this and kind of adds a bunch of twists and stuff on it. Like it would be a really, really fun little phone game. Yeah. yeah. So it's really good. Um, let's talk about powers. Let's do that. Uh, Cause there are a bunch of them and they really change the way that you play. Um, mm -hmm. So you have uh, different augmentations that you can get uh, and you upgrade them by getting experience or by buying Praxis kits. Uh, these mm -hmm. are kind of your levels, and every level you allocate um, one of these new abilities. Uh, like a particular kind of ability will take uh, will usually have a higher investment. So, like the first node on the upgrade tree or the tech tree for that will take two uh, before yes. you like open up. I don't know, they'll like just your 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 strength mod or what have you, uh, and well, and then you know, yeah, good. The, the first the first thing will give you something too yes. it's not just getting access to that part of the tree so you'll yeah. get something pretty significant and then mm -hmm. the things that cost one upgrade tend to be um education ed edge cases and upgrades yes. to that first ability right um, that you have and the, this is at two different purposes so the idea in the story um you your systems will are come on slowly yes. or come come online slowly um after you've had the surgery so you will gain uh praxis points um through experience mm -hmm. so that is represents just at the time it takes for these systems to wake up mm -hmm. you can jumpstart them yes with these kits that you find in the world um the uh the, there's a wide variety of mm -hmm. things these cover um, these are things that like change how guns handle your run speed, your jump height, being able to turn invisible, being able to fall from long distances. Um, all the hacking stuff is in there. It basically replaces the skill system yes. in the original Deus Ex as well. Um, so there, there are tons of things in this and there are things that, uh, almost all these things suggest a build mm -hmm. to me. Um, so, and you do get enough of them yeah. like early on, you will be uh, horny, horny for Praxis. <laughs> like, uh, like internet left us. An eager student. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then the uh, and then eventually though you will uh, you know I guess I'll put some points in HP. Yeah, yeah. No, that's um you know I, I think that we talked about that a new a new ability or a new a new verb is always going to be more uh, attractive than plus percentage uh, to something. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, like stuff that I thought would be relatively marginal still opened up different approaches to situations. So like something that seems really goofy is the one that lets you punch through walls. Like yeah. I'm stealthy. Why would I want to do that? And like, yeah, that, you know, that, that draws attention if somebody's near, but this whole, like all the places you go are full of these really fragile walls. It's just the ability to make a door. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and kind of go into the substructures mm -hmm. of places. Like a lot of the, uh, the abilities in this have multiple applications. Yes. To, so they, they suggest a build, but also like that punching through walls will help you be stealthy. It will also help you set up ambushes. Yep. You know, if you're playing a more combat-oriented character, mm -hmm. um, the uh, the being able to to melee knock out two people at once. Oh yeah, um, really huge. 
like for all playstyles. Like if you're playing lethally, like mm-hmm. you can you can dash into a fight and neutralize two big targets at once. Yeah. If you're playing non-lethally, uh, guards tend to cover each other. Mm-hmm. You can time your your stealth patrols for when the guard is uh, when two guards are next to each other, and <laughs> uh, and take them out at the same time. Yeah. So in a very Three Stooges esque way, <laughs> by knocking their heads together sometimes. That's uh, very so. funny. Yeah. Um. Or you know, uh, my 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 favorite of those, the single takedown, is where uh, Jensen sneaks up behind somebody, taps him on the shoulder, and as they turn around, he punches him in the face. That that's really good. Uh, <laughs> the only the only place I don't like that one quite as much is the because or the only thing I like more than that is the the lethal one where you use your spin hand <laughs> to basically twist their neck. <laughs> like, it's so brutal. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I you know. grab their head and you kind of whip out their whole body and then just go <laughs> and twi- like like you're like you're setting up a, a wet towel to slap somebody in a locker <laughs> with it, but with somebody's neck. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's it's really intense. <laughs> like, it's very brutal. I love it. Um, the uh, really yeah. really good. Yeah. We we should probably just briefly talk about melee or you know various kind of combat yeah, uh, builds. I, yeah. We, we we can talk yeah. about that. And I, I think that uh, melee is probably you know we can't talk about melee without talking about the energy system. As as well yeah yeah so so your powers use most of your powers use energy uh thankfully um, there are only four of them you have to manually activate mm-hmm. uh in this most of them are, are context dependent which is like a huge quality of life thing i didn't know that i wanted in the original deus ex yeah um but things like you know the ones that uh you know increase your dash speed just turn on when you're dashing yeah. and turn off when you're not mm-hmm. uh that's really great yeah um the other thing that uses power though are melee takedowns and the idea being because you are uh you know, a RoboCop, you are using your augment power to do these superpowered takedowns. It's why you can knock somebody out in one punch. Yes. Uh, no question. Yeah. So this takes up one of your bars of, uh, of your energy here, mm-hmm. and it makes melee, since melee is an instant takedown, it makes it not a build and more of like a panic button that is good for all builds. Yes. You know, it ends up being really interesting the way melee sits in this. It's not a way to fight. Mm-hmm. It's like a power up. Yeah, you're not going to, you know, in the world, pick up the dragon sword or something like that yes. or a police baton or flex baton or what have you and use that as just a weapon. There is no free melee attack that you can do. Like, you can't just punch somebody, but mm-hmm. it is this uh, it is this oh shit button that you can deploy that you can deploy, uh, you know, whenever yeah, you have whenever the energy forces situationally. I don't. Is there a reason to do the lethal takedowns? <laughs> uh, only if you want the person because so you know as we mentioned earlier guards will wake each other up yeah yeah um the uh and if you in if, if you just want that person to go mm, yeah. you know is why you would do the lethal takedowns there's no reason like you get less experience yeah for doing them and if you are uh tucked away like if you're out of the way and no one's going to come upon that guard mm-hmm. a non-lethal takedown is better because gotcha. uh you know you get more experience and there's no downside mm-hmm. so gotcha. yeah yeah um and you, you manage your energy, uh, so it re- it recovers automatically. Um, you have a refresh rate on that, and you can upgrade both the maximum capacity, so different little batteries you can put in, uh, and how quickly uh, they recharge. Uh, also, well, the, you've got some good old it, <laughs> good. Sorry, sorry. To, the way it regenerates is interesting because it's not. Um, they're like thresholds. Hmm, yeah. So if you uh, use up ninety um, percent of one battery, that will regenerate. If you use up a whole battery, that battery will not regenerate. Okay. And uh, um, past two. Gotcha. So it'll regenerate up to two, but after that, you have to eat uh, power sauce bars. <laughs> yep. Basically. And, and, and here I am in these boss fights, just just downing, just, you know, not just bars of power sauce, but huge bags of it. And then a jar. That jar, that like protein powder <laughs> workout jar that you're yeah. chugging in the middle of battle is so funny to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
Like everyone doesn't have one of those in the back of a cabinet. <laughs> and maybe I'll do smoothies for lunch for Ooh. maybe I'll just do that. And yeah. then like doesn't happen. Nope. And you just have this huge, you know, protein jar. Yeah. Um that, that is surely rancid by now. Absolutely. Colonies yeah. upon colonies. Millipedes. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I love and those ended up being such a funny item too, because they're uh and, and you're early on. Like the power curve is such that I did not use, you know, my powers very often because I didn't have them. Right. Um, so I was like, oh, okay. Like I, you know, I'll take an energy bar. <laughs> sure, I, I could eat. And then later, I just, you know, a, a decent chunk of my inventory was just an energy bar product. Yeah, you're walking around like a GNC. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> human GNC who's just trying to stealth past uh, the fucking uh... GNC Denton. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty good. Uh, yeah. GNC Denton trying to stealth past these uh, these Antarctica zombies. <laughs> yeah, you know whatever. At the end, um, yeah, energy system. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. It's it's fine. Um, um, it also is used when you sprint. Yes. So. Oh no, energy isn't used when you sprint. It's uh, there. There's like oh, a yeah, the stamina. Yeah, stamina. Yeah, right, yeah. There's a third bar. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is, uh, there were originally two, uh, so there was a Deus Ex 2. Mm -hmm. There were two aborted attempts to make a Deus Ex 3, shortly after Invisible War. One became Project Snowblind, which would be a pretty weird game to do for the show, but I could see doing it at some point. It is a fun shooter. I played, like, the first, uh, like, two hours of that. Yeah, it's good. Mm -hmm. It's, like, a cool, it's just an FPS with powers. It's not very Deus Ex-y, mm -hmm. but it is fun to get those powers. Yes. Um, yeah. And nothing ever came of it nope. uh, until this, until the DSX license uh, left Iron Storm after Iron Storm closed down and went to Eidos Montreal. Right. They pitched this follow up. Yep, they pitched this uh, follow up or reboot to Square and like, hey, go ahead. Uh, and, you know, the, the, also inherited from Iron Storm was troubled development. Uh, mm -hmm. This game, you know, began development in 2007, uh, didn't come out until 2011. There were multiple delay delays, and there were also lots of areas that were rushed. You can go and, like, look at this. There's lists of things. But, like, the primary stuff um, that was cut, they, they had uh, more hub areas. So, like, Montreal, mm -hmm. like, you, you visit there briefly in this. That was going to be a hub. Um, yeah. I think you were there, there was going to be a hub in India. I think that it's not really hurt. I think that the game is already just, just a skosh too long as it yeah, is um, you know so it it probably didn't suffer for that but uh there were things that it did suffer for and they amended that yes uh which were the boss fights yes um they ended up having to farm the development uh to a third party called grip entertainment <laughs> uh and grip uh did not do a super good job with these no. um they are in the original version which was the first version of this i played um, they actually remind me a lot of Resident Evil boss fights. Yeah, yeah, I can see uh, that. Initially, which is just like, I have no choice but to stand and shoot you. Mm -hmm. Like you are an unflinching bullet sponge that will continue to walk towards me like a tyrant. And I have no choice but to shoot you. Right. Uh, and then it is just this attrition of me like spamming heal and spamming energy bars and going into my inventory where time pauses to switch different grenades and stuff and see whose health lasts longer. Mm -hmm. um, they're pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so people didn't like those. No, those were, no. were not uh, well thought of. And uh, the director's cut came out mm -hmm. and they fixed them. Yeah, they uh, went they back in and said, hey, this is a game with builds. Why don't we do that now? And I th I think that for like paper and like a scholar of the first sin kind of way, mm -hmm. I think they do a really good job with these. Yeah. Um, again, I know I, I'm heaping a lot of praise on this game. I really love this game. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not it's not Deus Ex, but it's very good. Yeah. Um, the uh, and the uh, the thing that they do, I think that makes these remarkable to me is that like 
you know, boss fights in these type of games are never going to be good. Mm-hmm. Like they almost kind of top out at Resident Evil style boss fights, yeah. which, you know, just staying there and, and emptying, emptying your uh, ammo into things. Um, what these do, you know, I was contrasting the first boss in this where it's like in the director's cut, I had to lose them and then go explore the level mm-hmm. with the boss fights, like in the Wolfenstein game we did recently or something. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd much rather do this than hit three glowing weak points or make a, a big cyber guy Toro into a wall to expose his back mm-hmm. or any number of like shitty boss fight cliches, like going and hacking a storage garage to find some turrets to mm-hmm. fight him for me is pretty interesting. Yes. Like even though it, it, it is, it is a patch, it's a bandaid they put over something bad. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of boss fights for this kind of game, that's actually a pretty, like almost like a watermark for it. Yeah. Like yeah. it's hard for me to think of good boss fights in this genre. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. Like they don't didn't only like paper over something bad, but I think that they actually did kind of like a, a you know, a good a standard bearer for what this could kind of be. Yeah, for sure. While Which, still yeah. in the world of boss fights, still not being great. Right, right. You're grading on a curve, right? Like yes. for the, you know, for like you, you said it a couple of times, first person shooters generally never have good boss fights. Um, yep. You know, I defy you to name more than five good boss fights in a first person shooter game. You probably can do that. And I'm pulling that number out of my uh, out of my ass. Um, but here they, they at the very least say, all right, you got you got two paths. You got the shooty shooty path, um, which is kind of more conventional. And we're going to honor, you know, we, we have a couple of ways to honor your build decision to let you use the arena against the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, th- that just th- that's just a good way to do it. And they had to do it without redesigning the bosses themselves. Yes. The bosses don't get new verbs or new move sets in this. Mm-hmm. They just change the level around them. So when you're doing the the non-direct combat version of these bosses, it's mm-hmm. about using a subset of your inventory, which is about distraction and delay. Yeah. You know, they use in the actual levels like flash grenades and, and gas grenades and EMPs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Using things like that in order to buy time to explore. Yeah. Um, and that's a really neat, like exploring under pressure. Mm-hmm. Is something that uh, if you take all the aspects of of event crawler, um, exploration is definitely one and pressure is one. But very rarely do you have to do that under pressure. Mm -hmm. Like I can't think of very many games where it's explore this level very quickly. Right. You know, is the thing. And that ends up being, I think, pretty neat. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're not all as successful as, you know, they're not equally successful right, right. in that. But I think they ended up making them pretty good mm-hmm. up until the end. And then that boss is absolute trash. Well, yeah, no, I don't, I I, boss I don't think I, yeah, it's, pretty, it's pretty bad. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't think yeah. there was much they could do with that. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, it's horseshit. Yes. Um, so, uh, I want to talk about, I want to heap some praise. We know this is a mm-hmm. really, really positive episode in general, and that's, that's fine coming off of co- co- coming off of Simpsons, I suppose. Um, <laughs> um, one of the, uh, one of the things that I really love about this game is the visual design. Oh, yeah. Um, this, this has one of the strongest aesthetics of, you know, any game we've covered really. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's really good. It looks fantastic. It's, and reading about yeah. the development process is, is, is pretty interesting. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it does the thing where um, any screenshot of this game is immediately recognizable. Yes. As being from from Deus Ex Human Revolution. Mm-hmm. Like it is a little bit like you have to kind of suspend again. There's a little bit of ion focusing. Yes. That happens because some of the outfits are a little goofy. Yeah. You know, but we don't we can't predict fucking fashion. No. <laughs> you know, like like do you think that people in the, the, the 70s would think we look cool now? You know, right. of course they wouldn't, <laughs> no. you know, like they, they didn't know this was going to be how people would dress. <laughs> people didn't know that, uh, you know, the haircut from Leo from Final Fantasy VI would get really into Vogue, <laughs> you know, like they had no idea. Nope. So like the, uh, you know, the idea of kind of taking this renaissance yeah. 
uh, kind of thing, this idea of a new renaissance, um, and using that as their their watchword for this is pretty unique. Yes. Um, and just the color palette, like the bold, you know, gold and black, like just very beautiful, bold colors. Yeah. Really unified aesthetic. Yeah, like, I mean, like there is a character who there's something there's something different about them. Like they they are not exactly what they seem, and the way that they use the color palette to signal that mm-hmm. it's like, oh, like th- this character's design features colors you never see anywhere else in the game. Yeah, like just the, like that is such a subtle cue. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm enamored with it. And something that I really liked that they did was they initially pushed it just a little too far and then mm-hmm. they pulled it back and said, okay, like we, we did all Renaissance. Uh, what if we do like a third Renaissance and like a half cyberpunk? So you end up yeah. with all of these just beautiful, like, uh, geometric and polygonal, uh, polygonal patterns and stuff. Um, yeah, I, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lots of geodesic dome style mm-hmm. pa- patterns, like uh, you know, interlocking uh, pyramids. Yes, uh, but you but you end up with incredibly good sculpture in this game. Weirdly, like mm-hmm. I want to buy stuff out of this catalog, Gary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially, I just want to buy all of those life size moving muscle men. Yes, <laughs> like skinless muscle men. <laughs> just do poses. That's basically well, yeah. my aesthetic. I'm <laughs> just gonna surround my bed with four of those. Yep. Use four of them as boar po- bed posts. <laughs> <laughs> just dripping yep. uh, with cyber blood oh of course um yeah the, the aesthetic is very beautiful uh yeah. the, the thing that makes me uh the very first pax i went to was when uh, was in 2011 mm-hmm. and they had a deus ex event uh for this at a bar where they had deus ex theme deus ex themed cocktails and had the bar kind of decorated mm-hmm. uh like this yeah which was pretty fun yeah so like I've seen people like I like I even like the fashion in this game. So fuck me, mm-hmm. I guess. But I've seen people like say like, oh yeah, this is really goofy. And like that there's there's a different you know, I think that there are a couple of axes that you can judge this on. Like you can say like whether or not it is tasteful or whether or not it it, it kind of rings true to you. But an axis that this does succeed on is how strongly stated it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the fashion it, it, it really varies. Yes. Whether I think it's like I think that like Q Darrow looks pretty ballin' uh-huh. in this. I, I like the way that your boss looks in this i think that's mm-hmm. like the way he's dressed is cool yeah. um generally it's just the ng resonance uh precursor who i think is uh <laughs> is dressed a little silly yeah a little bit and that, that's like 90 percent haircut as well <laughs> true but i really just uh i really dig uh like jensen's uh like uh, overcoat that he his, wears his that cool has coat. A, he has cool coat yeah. with a floral pattern on it like fuck yeah 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 i like the floral <laughs> pattern a lot yeah. a lot of like floor de lis yes and this it's cool looking mm-hmm. it is like a nice looking uh nice looking game yeah um the soundtrack as well i think is pretty good yes um they only quote a couple bits of music but the mm-hmm. ones they do are very key yes um you know you not go theme dot wave playing <laughs> uh when you go into your uh in you know the first meeting with david mm-hmm. is just awesome yes um i love that and then uh characters will uh hum music mm-hmm. from deus ex i love it <laughs> i didn't even notice that but there's like uh, people who hum like the templar uh yep. music in mm-hmm. the street and stuff and i'm like that's that's cute yeah <laughs> um you know so there's there's some fun uh easter eggs yeah with it. and yeah. then you know it ties more into the plot uh in ways we'll talk about it is not a direct prequel like there are bits of that yeah like bob yeah. page is about yes uh in this but it does feel like a little bit the way the story relates to the original deus ex is pretty loosely and again it's a much smaller scale story which we'll talk about when we get into the episode itself mm-hmm. um i have no particular problem with that it's just not as like 
you know, you don't run into bartenders and have debates about forms of government. No, no. You know, like there's there's no Australian bartender moment <laughs> in this. Yeah. But it, it is uh, judging by the, the curve of video games, extremely strong. Mm-hmm. Judging on the curve of depending on what day you ask me, my favorite video game of all time, like slightly less strong. Yep. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, a big question for us uh, might be, you know, is this a worthy successor? You know, to Deus Ex, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, if we consider Invisible War to be this kind of diverticular, we talked about, we, we like we did an episode about Invisible War yeah. um, and kind of ways I think feature that the, the Cole Ross quote, uh, I don't think I've ever played a game which made me feel less <laughs> or something like that. Like, I feel nothing about this. Yes. <laughs> at the end of it. So, the, uh, so yeah. you, you know how I feel about that. But, yeah. um, you know, as this reboot, as something that is going to carry this name and carry this type of play forward, do we feel like this is um, a, a successful follow-up uh, a worthy a successor yeah i mean my yeah, answer is I mean, yes i i do but yeah I, I do too it's not um it's not quite as crunchy it's mm-hmm. not as far on the but it's somebody like as somebody who is a like the world's preeminent deus ex 2 fan mm-hmm. uh which means by which i mean i give it a b minus <laughs> um the uh I, I think that that like that game which i will i will eat up in order to get those little tiny nuggets of deus ex goodness this is full of deus ex goodness Mm -hmm. it's not you know it doesn't have the exact same dizzying heights Mm -hmm. but the kind of higher floor yes to it across the board like the fact that uh the shooting like a lot of the systems you're engaging with you even if the level design is quite not quite as strong the actual systems you're engaging with are so much more fun Mm -hmm. uh ends up making it like pretty close yeah like definitely, definitely worthy. Um, there is more than uh, it initially appears in this, as far as like just a kind of different, uh, different quest outcomes and stuff. Like it mm-hmm. still kind of respects that. Yeah. Uh, for you, like there, there are little weird little detailed bits. Um, I think so. And yeah. uh, Warren Spector also thinks so. Um, he had some criticism, but he also feels like this is a a good successor. Yes. Of course, he doesn't care about Deus Ex anymore because he started doing the Mickey Mouse games. <laughs> Which just is like, boy, again, you know, talking about the past, not being able to predict the future. <laughs> you know, me playing Deus Ex and being like, oh, he's going to play a bunch of uh, unplayable. He's going to make a bunch of unplayable Wii games about Mickey Mouse. <laughs> cool. Yeah, but also that. the rabbit. <laughs> I hate Oswald the rabbit so much. Yeah. <laughs> he should have stayed dead. <laughs> Um, so there was, uh, there was a piece of DLC, there was story DLC for this, um, that we're going to be covering. It's called the missing Mm -hmm. link. Uh, this was, it's a part of the main story. It was cut from the initial release, but it was kind of folded back into the main campaign in, uh, in 2013, Mm -hmm. which leads to a real weird moment that we'll talk about where you are quite obviously like jumping into a different, uh, a different scenario. It paces the, the main game really strangely. Yes. Like exceedingly strangely, like this actually works way better as DLC than it does integrated. Yeah, uh, which is the first way I played it, and it was wonderful. And then on the the times I revisited this with it integrated, I like it less. Yes, um, it ends up being kind of weak. While you know having you know fairly strong level design and cool concepts and stuff in it, it ends up being kind of detrimental to the actual experience. Mm-hmm. It's placed really weirdly in the story. It's like basically the penultimate thing you do. Yeah. Uh, in this, so it's not like in the middle. It's like almost at the end. You just go on the side thing that kind of fucks with some urgency. It, like it, <laughs> it almost it kind of usurps the gameplay climax of the game. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, the director's cut also added uh, extensive developer commentary. Um, I've not listened to this, but that would be interesting. Either have I. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, a prequel called Deus Ex: The Fall came out. Uh, mobile devo- devices. Um, I have attempted to play that as a Deus Ex completionist. It is mm-hmm. unplayable. Ooh. Um, even the Steam version. Uh, it is excruciatingly dumb and bad. Mm. It's so bad. 
Yeah, um, I, I figured if anybody would have something good to say about it, it would be you. So totally. hearing, hearing like, that um, uh, confirms. I love, I love Deus. I, I love Invisible War with my good boys, the Omar. You know, like <laughs> the uh, Omar coming. It's Deus Ex too. Yeah. Um, but this is I couldn't get past the the second level of this. Yeah. Uh, it's just so dumb. Like they're they're just like really short corridors. There's no there's no level design to it. Yeah. It's really janky. Like the the Steam version is a, a port of the iOS game. Whoa. Um, it's incredibly bad. Yeah. Um, what I am a defender of, and some people are not super into, uh, is the actual sequel, Mankind Divided. Yeah. Um, came out in 2016. That's a really good game. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, someday I would love to do it for the show. This is um, this has is been really cool. a real weird year for me in terms of playing games for the show that I immediately want to go into the sequel to, but I have other stuff mm-hmm. that I need to play. So mm-hmm. like um, Wolfenstein, I wanted to go play New, uh, New Colossus. Uh, Hitman, yep. I, I desperately want to play Hitman 2. Um, and here, I would really like to go play Mankind Divided. I want to spend more time in this world. It's a really cool, uh, I think Mankind Divided has my favorite hub zone of games Mm -hmm. like the main city that you spend doing most of your quest in is so fun and so good what's prog like prog rules prog (laughs) prog rules prog rocks prog rocks um yeah it's just it is a very and the the way that they do um in this game you can break into some apartments Mm -hmm. great i always like breaking into apartments they're pretty uh you know and you you move people's fridges and put them in their bed and it's fun uh and this uh though but everyone's apartment is pretty spartan Um, in that, they really make the apartments and living situations kind of tell you about the people who live there. The added detail, like the current gen added detail, is hugely additive mm-hmm. in that game. Um, it is very good. I've never actually played the DLC. Um, mm. It's a similar, like, you get depowered thing. Yeah. It takes place in a prison. Weird. Like, you, you go to prison uh, to to do something. And I started <laughs> you, playing You get sent to Butcher Bay. Yeah, it, it's, it's basically Paddington 2. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, so you go to jail um, and the uh, I just was like, man, I just don't feel like not having my powers mm-hmm. like, you know, I needed to wait longer before I played it. And then I just never went back to it. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to dip into that quite a bit uh, just to just to mess around. I remember you talking a lot of sugar about it when we did uh, Thief Simulator. Oh, yeah. Um, was a few presents a while back. Um, yeah. So uh, that is the end of the regular portion of the episode uh, for the general public feed. If you would like to hear the rest, which is sure to be sizable, uh, consider going to patreon.com slash TV. Yeah, we'd really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And you get all the back episodes of that as well and tons of other stuff. Yes.